Hello again. Two weeks in a row. Doing uh, two episodes in the same day. How about that? Um, so let's talk about the Bad Batch. Pabu. I uh, brought it up in the Mandalorian thing earlier about what the word Pabu means. And uh, I'll be damned if it wasn't just right there in the episode. Um, so if you didn't hear the Mandalorian breakdown, I said that uh, I believe Pabu means auntie in like Korean or I forget what language it is. Um, and uh, it turns out to be the place where Fee is from. But it is also, uh, she is the auntie to a little girl in the show who uh, we meet. Her name is Liana. But the episode starts off with this bar. It's very Blade Runner. And the batch is like, kind of, uh, I'm air quoting incognito while Omega and Fee are negotiating with a guy named Lance Crowder. Um, I don't know why that name sounds familiar. That does, I don't know why. Anyway, um... And uh, over this artifact and like the shit hits the fan and they're trying to poison Fee and then they get one of those slugs that I mentioned earlier from Attack of the Clones pops out. They're going to get her and um, I don't, I don't like it, this big opening. Like I get, we you know, we get the story that the batch is not, they've, they've cut ties with Sid. It's been 20 rotations or whatever, but um, like, it doesn't bother me so much that Hunter and Wrecker and Tech would be on, like, bodyguard duty for somebody, but I, like, didn't like that Omega was wrapped up in it. Um, and I guess that was kind of the point, because we're showing this other side a little bit later on, and they leave, and, and so they talk to Sid, and Sid is basically kind of threatening them with knowledge of what she knows about them, and that they haven't really talked um, and if she's losing money because they're not doing shit for her, which, um, whatever, Sid can, she can suck it. She got, I don't give a fuck about what's going on with Sid anymore. She's, um, I don't know if I liked her that much in the first season now that I think about it. But either way, so Fee, um, basically says that, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take you guys somewhere. Um, yeah, and they go to the How to Train Your Dragon Island of Pabu, which, um, I mean, okay, it, you know, it looked all right. It looked like a, like an upside-down kind of beehive in the water, just off on its own, this one little place. And, um, I mean, immediately, it's like the place, it looks great and it's peaceful, and it's like, yeah, this shit's about to go down. Something's wrong here. And the, you know, we meet the mayor, um, Shep, Hat, Shep, whatever his name is, Hazard or Hat, I don't know, I didn't write his name down, um, and his daughter, Liana, and I did, you can hear me sighing over here, guys, I, when I, I'm like very whatever about this episode, but there's individual things that I like about it, and I kind of want to try to focus on that more than anything else, um, that she tells, Fee tells Tech that treasure can be many things, um, which, you know, it's pretty overt for what the show is trying to tell people, and obviously the, the target demographic being kids, I suppose. Um, and that the island is a, uh, um, it's a home for refugees, you know, misplaced from 
the war and after for you know, the Clone Wars and after with whatever the, the Empire is doing. Um, and Tex still seems kind of weary. Like he doesn't, you know, he kind of lingers with Fee. And I'm sure maybe people can, she keeps calling him brown eyes and maybe he's got, you know, things, something going on for her. But I don't know if Tex got that in him. Um, he's a little too matter of fact to be picking up on any kind of cues, I think. I don't know. Um, and, um, you know, this is them learning that, you know, this is a life that they could have, a place that they could put down roots, uh, so to speak, on this island and live a normal, happy, peaceful life and give Omega what she needs. And that, you know, the way Fee says it, friends who do not share, you know, the same genetic material as her, um, you know, being the other three guys in the batch. And, um, you know, Omega and Liana, they hit it off really well. They meet the, uh, do we meet these like green monkey things called Munoz? Okay. Um, they're cool for what they were. And the Shep and I think Hunter are talking and he says, um, you know, that they're not really worried about the empire. Um, because why would they come there? They have limited resources and they're just an island with people. And like the empire finds some shit to fucking mess with people. Now, they don't need a reason. So, I mean, they're not... Nowhere is safe from what the Empire is doing at this time. And, again, what they thought was some idyllic place. And they said they've been there for 30 years? Or they haven't had a, a tsunami in 30 years? Um, how long these people been there? Some of them. If they were, you know, most of them found the place during the Clone Wars. Um, whatever. But uh, he says, you know, as a father, you know, there's no better place to, to basically raise your child. And Hunter kind of mulls that over because, of course, he would. Because, um, you know, it's like they want to give Omega this good, you know, normal, peaceful life where she can be a kid. But in the meantime, you're going to be part of our bounty, our, our body guarding crew um, where you might need to shoot somebody with your bow and arrow. You might need to shoot a bell down on some dude. Um I don't know. I, I see that as a contradiction in writing. And I, I don't know if I get, I don't know. I, it's, <laughs> I'm struggling guys. I mean, I have a hard time with the episodes that don't vibe with me. And after last week, you know, all the meat that we got in this crosshair episode, it's like, again, I, I don't need that every time, but it's like, what the hell? Um, and I, an episode like this will definitely have more lasting uh, ramifications for what the team wants or what they need in terms of their own stability. But we're still in the very early days of the rebellion. Like the chance of an idyllic life are impossible. Um, and I guess we know that kind of being in the God chair, watching them go through this stuff, but they don't know that. I understand that. Um, but I still like struggle with them attaining that. Do I want that for them? I mean, yeah, sure, I guess. I think Omega would be better off on her own when she gets older, but um, and maybe just a part of it, like I said last week with all the Crosshair stuff, is like I'm not that concerned with Hunter, Tech, and Wrecker as far as like their longevity is concerned. Like, they've they were bred for a sole purpose, and yes, they have their own autonomy now, but like, I don't know if I can see them getting out of the mentality that they've had as 
soldiers so much or as protectors more than anything else um, where you know echo left for a reason that they should be helping people i can't see them just settling down and not wanting to be a bigger help for a people within a single community you know i kind of struggle with that line of thinking for them um but anyway so they have this big feast and you know record stuffs his damn face with everything and says he's full and texts like i will commemorate the the occasion when write down the date and the time and shit and it's like all right well okay i guess there's your humor but um this part like i liked omega and liana going out on the boat to see the sunset obviously it puts them in danger afterwards but um I, I kind of, I rolled my eyes at the part where, um, Fee is telling tech like, oh, you're not going to want to miss this spectacular thing. And all it is that the the lights go on. Um, I was like, what, uh, these guys have been in space to like all different kinds of places. I don't know how impressed, uh, I would be if we just went to a place and all this, that everybody's lights just went on like that. I don't. I, nice try, um, whoever wrote the episode. But like, I, that's not that's not the thing that would have filled me with wonder. Of this what did this this idyllic island setting? I thought it was going to be something in like. That's when, the water wildlife, jumps out because it's sunset or there's like some kind of hunting thing that they do and it's like, you know, crazy birds or some shit. But it's like all somebody just turned the lights on, or if they were solar powered or something like, whatever. Um, and then the shit hits the fan and it's all, you know, turns into the movie volcano basically, or almost, you know, well, Tommy Lee Jones and shit, but you know, there's basically earthquakes and, uh, there's a tsunami. And what, what I like about this depiction of the tsunami is like kind of the realism involved in it about how the water recedes. I mean, obviously we know in the real world, you know, there's been some, you know, terrible events that have happened, uh, you know, different places, you know, shorelines and whatever, but, um, seeing kind of all of that happen. And then the idea that they got to get everybody to higher ground, which yeah, of course, you know, and it's Hunter is the one that kind of senses it coming first, you know, that he's just in tune with the natural world around him. Um, cause that's his skill and we haven't really seen him use it all that much lately. Um, and he says like, it's not over and it happens a second time. And it's like, they, you know, that wasn't a small tremor. And, but you know, what they call a tsunami is a, a sea surge and they jump out of the boat, Omega and Liana and Liana, there's a pause before she wakes up. And I thought to myself, oh shit, like not right then and there, something was going to happen, but like kind of bracing for Omega having to deal with something worse later. And I wasn't even really thinking so much in this episode, and I'm kind of alluding in it like to a you know with earlier episodes that I, something's gonna just destroy Omega's world. I've been getting this feeling, and if it happens next week um, or in the finale with I don't know, I'm assuming it's a death or something. I mean, who knows? Something's gonna make her grow up in a different kind of way. You know, there's going to be a different trauma for her. And I'm not saying I want it, but I just have the feeling that it's going to come. Um, and the uh, the wave starts coming and they got to run to shore and Hunter's going to go get them in the ship while they're trying to get everybody up those steps. 
And um, lucky for um, Tech that he just happened to be at the very right spot in the wall for his grappling hook to connect with the thing on the other side. Um, that was a cool shot. In that, in that, I mean, it was a lucky shot, it seemed, because uh, I don't know if there was a marker on the other side of the wall. I couldn't tell. I was watching on my phone, and uh, I couldn't really see it. But, um, so yeah, they get everybody up, and uh, the other kind of like writing for convenience thing that happened in this episode is that the water stopped just at the top of the wall. Like, how about that? Everybody is saved. Um, not that I want people to die or anything, but it just seemed like, where's the threat in the show when a lot of times there is what I feel like is writing for convenience. Um, and like, I don't even feel great about saying that. Like, but that's just how it feels that, um, well, of course it has to be a certain way. And to me, that almost feels like it's dumbing it down a little bit. Not for me. Cause even sometimes when I watch it with my son, like he'll just kind of like, Oh, okay. Like that happened. You know, that's kind of his, his reaction sometimes. Um, or, you know, he'll say like, well, it was lucky it turned out that way, you know, kind of thing. And it's like, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like it's living up to a potential that could have been there, especially with an episode like last week. And even again, for my son, like he was all about it. Like he hated Nolan, like you're supposed to. And he kept on saying, like, I hope, you know, like I want him to die. I hope Crosshair kill. He was saying it early in the episode. My son's not a violent kid, but he knew that, you know, Nolan wasn't a good person and had to get some kind of comeuppance. Um, I haven't watched this episode with him yet. We'll see how he reacts. But, um, you know, the people are sad, but they're all alive. And, you know, there's little lessons there that, you know, things can be rebuilt and, you know, lives are more precious than all of that. And that's wonderful. That's all great, I suppose. Um, and, you know, Hunter offers to uh, stay and help if they would have them. And, of course, Shep is like, uh, yeah, we can use uh, three extra dudes who can help us while uh, Wrecker's snoring with Omega and Liana. And that's the end of the episode. Um, again, like, what's spelled out in this episode to me is very obvious. And I don't, like, it just doesn't feel necessary. Like, this is one of those episodes that, you know, did they have these stories all written and then decide how many episodes they needed or, or are they, you know, the number of episodes fits the number of stories that they have, or did they come up with the number of episodes and then write the stories to, you know, fit the spaces? Because again, if there's 13 episodes so far, four of them are our own, are the most relevant ones. And I, and again, you know, I don't want to be down on this show because I know, again, I, I, will, I will say this. I know people love this show. I don't hate the show, but I just, I feel like the show deserves more and deserves better. Um, you know, we can talk about like, Omega's cute and she's this and she's, you know, got these great traits. I'm like, yeah, of course she does. But what's the value in um kind of the adventure of the week storytelling here. Like I need more, I need a straighter, I don't want to say continuity. That's not the right word, but I need something else in this show. And when you deliver an episode like last week or, you know, specific episodes in, of this show that have so much more meat on them, um, 
it just it makes episodes not specifically this one but episodes like this one just feel that much more irrelevant and i struggle with it and you know we can talk about how great the animation is and what kevin kiner's doing with the music and everything but that's almost window dressing and if there's not enough going on under the surface for me specifically it's like you know what's I don't want to say what's the point because there is a point to the story but I just you got to trim the fat you know this this show does not need at this point 32 episodes to have told this story you know I I don't know and you know I I want to sound polite about it I you know I don't I'm not I hope I'm not coming out too harsh about it because you know it was fine for what it was but it just doesn't feel all that consequential to me you know um I don't know guys um so yeah I'm just I'm gonna stop there you know I mean I don't want to ramble too much about it come down too much on it um but you know the only thing I'm gonna say is like having this overlap with the Mandalorian I it seems like it's doing a disservice to this show for me because as much as I want to see new Star Wars stuff um like the Mandalorian's hitting in a different way for me and I know this show is hitting in a way that Mandalorian's not for other people. I mean, I've heard it on other podcasts and stuff. So, I mean, I get it, you know, different different strokes for different folks. But for my money, this show has been missing the mark um, more often than not. But when they hit, they hit really fucking hard. And I'm here for those episodes, and I kind of want that stuff every week. Again, I don't need depressing, super dark tones like what we got, you know, just a week ago. But I need something that just feels more substantial more often or give me less episodes of it make it more meaningful you know give me uh quality over quantity but um yeah i'm not gonna apologize for my opinion but if you know if if what i'm saying is bringing you down i will apologize for that because that's not my intention i want to enjoy the show this is not giving me what i want so um yeah guys if you if you want (laughs) to I almost, I almost dread to say, like, if you, if you want to reach out and kind of let me know what you feel about the show, and maybe I'll wrong, change my mind. I, you know, I'm open to it. Um, you can send me an email, comlink, c o m l i n k, at jamtransmissions.com. Uh, you can reach me on uh, on the socials. I'd rather you didn't do it on the socials because I don't really have the time to go typing out a bunch of shit on there. I would rather address it here on the show with a mic, and I can be more concise about what I'm trying to say. Anyway. You can hit me on the socials uh, at Cad Bane's Bounty. You can follow the show on Twitter and Hive at JTComlink and on Instagram at Jam Transmissions. Um, once again, you can find uh, my son and I doing Broaxium quick shots from time to time uh, on their YouTube and wherever their socials are at Broaxium just about everywhere. And, um, you know, rate the episodes. I would hope that even if you disagree with me, you can understand my side on this and not be harsh about any reviews. Um, but I can't, I, I can't be disingenuous about how I feel about this show um, in particular. So, you know, rate, rates and reviews and shares and all of that stuff are, are greatly appreciated. Tell your friends what we're doing over here at uh, Jam Transmissions. And by we, I mean me. So, um, yeah, I think that's going to do it, guys. Hopefully next week gives me something else that uh, kind of works for me. And uh, we'll see about guests for this weekend. I don't have anything lined up as of yet. But uh, once again, I want to thank Sal Perales for coming on this past weekend um, 
to uh, discuss all the Star Wars stuff that we that we did. You can check out that episode and everything that Sal does with the Rogue Rebels. Um, check out their website. It's got all the links for their socials. So until next time, guys, uh, I will talk with you all soon. And uh, may the force be with you.